Welcome to this week's edition of Paper Boys. We have an exciting paper for you about the gut-brain axis and why it just feels so good to eat sugar. Yeah, James really, uh, I don't want to say he ruined sugar for me, but he, like, this paper spoke to me on, like, a spiritual level. Charlie, it's not your spirit talking. It's actually just your vagus nerve, most likely. <laughs> don't, don't tell me that. I don't like thinking about that. <laughs> uh, so we get a little philosophical, I guess we'll just say. Yes. And uh, it's a really interesting paper looking at why we just have such a strong preference for sugar, or at least I should say why mice have such a strong preference for sugar. But check it out. We think you'll enjoy it. Welcome to Paper Boys, the weekly podcast where we unravel the research behind the latest major headlines in science. I'm James, here with my fellow co-host, as always, Charlie. Welcome, Charlie. Happy to be here, James. Another another day in paradise, another day in quarantine. Another day in quarantine. You, you're sounding a little bit uh, stuffed up there, James. Elephant in the room, one might say. <laughs> Elephant in the quarantine chamber. I can happily attest that this is just... A horrible bout of allergies. Yeah, okay, sure. Have you seen the doctor? No, because I would just sneeze on them. That's true. If you went to, uh, I, I had to go to like the student health center a couple uh-huh. weeks back, and they have like a person at the door checking you for symptoms. Whoa. If you went there, they would probably jam a Q-tip up your nose. Tickle my brain? And tickle your brain, yeah. Oof. Test you for the vid. Oh, man. The vid. Is that what they're calling it on the streets? Yeah, that's uh, my contact. The streets of your apartment. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, man. Yeah. No, I don't think I have the vid, but hopefully if you're listening, you don't either. You're staying healthy. Yes, healthy. So what? what is it we're going to be talking about today? Any, another coronavirus paper, perhaps? No. Thank God not. Yeah. I think we're getting a little tired of news and media about it. This week's episode is about the gut-brain axis of evil. Ooh. That's, uh, um, that was famous George Bush line, right? <laughs> yes. Uh, yes. From his famous... I, I ran North Korea... Uh, sugar. Stomach. Brain. Sugar. Sugar. Oh, sugar. Okay. Yeah. Sugar's the... Sugar's conducting black ops on all of our bodies. <laughs> okay. How's their nuclear program doing? Bad, from what I can Over tell. Over in Candyland. Over <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. No, this is uh so the actual subject of this is uh why is it that sweet artificial sweeteners don't satisfy us the same way that sugar does? Oh, because they're terrible. I don't need a paper for that. They taste bad. Yeah, but it turns out that Don't they the give reason... you cancer too? Well, probably. What doesn't though? There's, I know, that's true. But yeah, it turns out that the reason is much deeper than the fact that they're just not as good. Okay. Like, <laughs> who would have thought? <laughs> it's It goes much deeper than just taste. Really? Okay. Yes. So it, it, it has to do with this gut-brain connection, is that what you're talking about? Yes. All right. Exactly. So this is popping up in popular news, uh, a couple sources. Psychology Today said, is the vagus nerve partly to blame for your sweet tooth? The vagus nerve? Yeah. Like, capital V? Capital V, but A-G-U-S, not Las Vegas. Oh, like, okay. I thought maybe booms, it was like, booms, booms. you know, some other aptly named 
neuron that had to do with like addiction. It's called the Vegas. And like gambling. And they call it the <laughs> Vegas nerve. Like the Jennifer Aniston thing. Oh, yeah. What was that called? The Jennifer Aniston neuron? Yeah. No, this is different. Okay. This is a nerve that runs from your stomach to your brain. Oh, okay. Wow. Man, it's so weird to think that like you have, I don't know. I just, I know nothing about the inside of a human body. <laughs> and like, you know, my, my wife is a physical therapist. She like, she like teaches the class where they like cut open dead bodies you know and so she like just talks about this stuff like it's so normal i'm like there's a nerve in my stomach (laughs) that's how that works what (laughs) yeah how'd it get there your mind's gonna be blown or should i say (laughs) your stomach Ooh, don't blow my stomach that doesn't sound pleasant no (laughs) you sound like you're about to blow your stomach oh god yeah uh okay Um, so vagus nerve was there another were there any other headlines yeah science daily said Study helps to identify why sweeteners do not satisfy sugar cravings. Science Daily with the like very, you know, straightforward vanilla. Yeah, but Science Daily, like they always get it right. They always get it right. Like they're they're just putting out like a solid press release, you know? True. I, I mean, and I even have a note here like to tell the audience, uh, this is a great article. If you can't access the original paper, the paper that all of these articles are about is from Nature. And it's titled, The Gut-Brain Axis Mediates Sugar Preference. Okay. That is one of the like easiest to understand titles we've had. Yes. Sometimes like the headlines are like, okay, and then you hear the, the title of the paper and you're like, did you just read from like a dictionary or something? But uh, every, this one makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah, we've had several where it's like every single word requires a deep dive Google search. Oh, yeah. Those yeah. are hard. No, this one is... Uh, talking about the gut-brain sugar connection and the lead author is Hui Itan from the Zuckerman Mind Brain Behavior Institute. Uh, several of the other authors were associated with the Howard Hughes Medical Institute and uh, several departments from Columbia University. Huh. And one thing that was just kind of funny is one of the lead authors, Charles S. Zucker, and there's the Zuckerman Institute and it's like in German, like isn't Zucker sugar? Oh, is it really? Yeah. I didn't know like that, that, actually. Uh, our German listeners will have to correct us if we're wrong. Yeah. But. You're, so, you're so worldly, James. <laughs> you know so many languages. I know how to say sugar in a lot of different languages. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Especially after reading this paper. Yeah. Wow. Well, yeah. Dude, this paper was... It's crazy. Really? I thought it was crazy. Yeah. Okay. Because I, as someone who has a sweet tooth, I feel, uh, I feel like I've just been tricked. Oh, Dude, I mean, today I can tell you a story. I don't know if this is even going to be related, but like I bought those, you know, those like rainbow colored like sour strips. Oh, I know yeah. you love those. Things. Those are my favorites. I bought like a little bucket of them from Safeway. Oh. And I was like, well, I'll just have one when I get home. So I had one and I finished eating it. 30 minutes later, I was still thinking about this one strip. It was like it was like living inside my mind. It was crazy. You are, this paper is going to change the way you eat. Are you serious? Like for the better? It's going to change the way you think about eating. Well, honestly, like today, I'm only telling this story because today I was like, holy crap, that was the most like powerful strip of sugar I've ever had. It was like cocaine. Yeah. Not that I would know. (laughs) (laughs) But no. Grad school kids. (laughs) (laughs) This is your brain on sugar. Um, Keep that in mind as we go through this. So, okay. 
Um, I, well, it, I, I obviously am. It's still in my mind. Keep this in mind. Or should I say keep this in stomach? Okay. Or small intestine. <laughs> okay. More technically. Um, before we get into this, I need to launch a huge, huge disclaimer. This paper was done on mice. Oh, that Not Twitter account that you love. Yeah. Where they tweet like uh, science results dot 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 on mice. On mice. Exactly. Okay. That's actually very good to say up front. Yes. And it's important to note because we talk about this a lot. Not all results from mice translate to humans. I'll post a paper f- or not a paper, an article from NPR that was published recently uh, where they're interviewing someone and they're talking about this discrepancy between mice research and human research or animal research in general and how much it translates. And there's just a great quote. So I think this is I'll use this as the disclaimer. Uh, the person, the scientist they were interviewing said, imagine that you were doing a human drug trial and you say, okay, I'm going to do this trial on 43-year-old white males from the same town in California. They all live in identical homes, have the same diet, have the same thermostat that is set to a temp that's way too cold. And on top of that, they all have the same grandfather. The FDA would never approve a trial. Yeah, that's like that's a great analogy. And that's what all these mouse trials are. But it also, like, it kind of highlights the difference between doing a mouse study and a human study. Like, yes. that's the intent of doing the study on mice, is that every variable is controlled so you can just change one and see what the effect is. Yes. Right? But you lose... But then, then you're like, oh, this happened on mice. Like, this is how the entire world operates. Yes. It's like, no, that's how, like, one person probably operates. But... Yeah. Uh, I like that. That's a good way of... Of thinking of it because i mean like we've talked about this before i think in other episodes like don't they get these mice from like a breeding population at you know like the nih or something i think they all often come from the same source and then yeah yeah they're like all related and <laughs> it's like yeah it's weird. it's a small actually i don't even know maybe it's a small gene pool they do something yeah anyway so okay so caveat laid out now let's get on to the good stuff. Now on to the good the stuff. The sweet stuff. Yeah, the sweet stuff. So why study sugar? Sugar is a fundamental source of energy for all animals and most species actually have dedicated neural circuitry to seek, recognize, and motivate the consumption of sugar. So it's really interesting to study. And especially now for humans, our reward system for sugar often overwhelms our nutritional need for it. Dude, it's like you're telling the listeners, like, mm, study shows that the sky is blue and water is wet. <laughs> I, I gotta motivate. This. Like these are like the motivation is like, yeah, you know that feeling you get when you Wait. want sugar. Yeah, that's it's that's great. sugar. <laughs> yeah. So okay, I'll tone it down. So obviously, sugar is problematic because uh, it leads to diabetes and like being overweight. There are tons of problems. Eating too much sugar is bad for you. Yeah. this Plain That's what simple. I find so crazy about like what you were just saying, though. It's like it overrides your nutritional need. Why the heck do we want sugar so badly if it's if it like kills us? Yeah. That's just crazy. It's crazy. Whoever discovered like processed sugar, damn. It, it's like they should a, be put on trial. <laughs> yes. For like w- crimes against humanity. <laughs> on like one hand, they should be put on trial. But then on the other hand, it's like, I love sugar. Yeah, I know. I want to shake that person's hand. After uh, I, right before I threw him in jail. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. So sugar, we want it. It's bad for us. What is like the connection with our brain though? So 
Scientists have already known that sugar exerts this unique control over our brain. And there was a 2008 study that showed that mice that had lost their ability to taste sweetness still had a preference for sugar, which is strange. Oh, okay. So sugar tastes good. Yeah. Yeah. But there's sort of still this lingering question of like, is there more going on in your body that motivates this urge to eat sugar? Yeah. Well, this goes back to my sour rainbows today. Like, I forgot what they tasted like half an hour later. I just knew what it felt like. It's not. No, it's exactly. It's not about the taste. It's like this whole body experience and yeah. craving. Like your thoughts, you can't concentrate. Dude, I'm not going to lie. Like, even this whole time we've been recording, I've had this little like nagging feeling kind of like in my chest. It's almost like somewhere between my stomach and my and my head. <laughs> oh, you mean on your vagus nerve? Like, that's what's freaking me out, dude, is now I'm thinking about like, wow, is this is this my nervous system? It's like yes. this feeling that feels like it's incomplete until I get another one of these rainbow striped sour things. Well, Charlie, what you might be describing is what's known as the gut brain axis. Oh, God. Okay. This is the biochemical signaling that takes place between the gastrointestinal tract and the central nervous system. So this is a bidirectional link going from brain to stomach slash intestines and back. And it involves both indirect and direct pathways between the cognitive and emotional centers in the brain dude you were so right that you were gonna ruin eating sugar for me i mean if this is the first thing that ruins eating sugar from you then you've been living in a dark hole but (laughs) well yeah (laughs) dark you don't want to know how much you don't want to know how much ice cream i eat man (laughs) um well i'm sorry then (laughs) okay so the gut-brain axis is this its connection between your stomach and your brain. Yes. So what this new work is trying to reveal is essentially, well, they put it well in the Science Daily article. They say, sweet is liking, sugar is wanting. This new work reveals the neural basis for sugar preference, and it tries to separate the concepts of sweet and sugar. Man, that totally explains why I hate sweet potatoes, but like, the fur- the closer you get to just like pure sugar, the better something is. Yeah. Like, did you ever have that candy when you were a kid that was just like those tiny little like white balls? They had like a little bit of like a speck of color, but it was just literally just balls of sugar. Nerds? No, oh. no. Like nerds is a step removed. This was literally just <laughs> tiny balls of sugar with like a, t- a very thin coating of more sugar. Well, I mean, this explains my affinity for uh, Lickamade. Oh, okay. What is Lickamade? Lickamade is, uh, what were they called? Remember, you get a little white sugar stick and you lick oh. it. Oh. And you, uh, yes, there's another fun dip. name for Fun dip. Yes. yes. Dude, those were literally pure sugar. The best. And then the stick you never wanted. You just, it was just a vehicle for eating the sugar. Oh, I actually love the stick too. Because it's just sugar. I mean, you grew to like it. But <laughs> pixie sticks? Yes. Sugar. It's just sugar. Yeah. Sweet okay. tarts, compacted sugar. Yes okay so pretty much all the best candies yes they're great so oh sorry i interrupted you like the this is the author talking about it yeah this was the main uh the supervising author zucker who's a neuroscientist at columbia okay and there's you know we love sugar we eat a ton of it they say that americans annual sugar intake has skyrocketed from less than 10 pounds in the late 1800s to more than 100 pounds per year today a hundred pounds per year yeah and i'm gonna be honest i'm probably above average 
That is disturbing. It's freaky, right? That is really disturbing. That means, I mean, I. it sounds like a lot because that's a third of a pound a day. That's a lot, dude. Yeah. I might have to. I mean, I would believe it, dude. A third of a pound a day. Like a lot of people drink two liters of soda a day. That alone is probably more than a third of a pound of sugar. Yeah, we should look up that. We should look up those stats. Yeah, but anyway, yeah, we eat a lot of sugar. Yeah, long story short. So there's obviously a huge market for artificial sweeteners, which are you know diet sodas, everything like that. And it's just anyone who's tried it, it's not the same. It's not as satisfying, even no. if the sweetness is like okay. Yeah, which usually it's the sweet like the flavor is still off. Yeah, there's something off about it. But I agree, it's just not good. Yes. Like, I, like my my philosophy on it is like I'd rather just have like a little bit of something that's really good. Like give me like two bites of Ben and Jerry's over one of those like full pints of diet ice cream. Oh, yeah. Things, you know, Don't get me started about fat free. Oh, oh, <laughs> anyway, we could do a whole nother episode about fat. Oh. I love fat, too. <laughs> yeah. Fat and sugar, man. So, OK, but it, it's interesting, right? So why? And yes, I'm I'm very curious now. So what they wanted to do in this paper was to actually visualize brain activity when mice would consume sugar versus some sort of artificial sweetener and water to find, you know, where, which part of the brain is getting rewarded. Hmm. Or where's their activity when they have this like sweet reward? Yeah. And then start to trace it down to the vagus nerve and the, the stomach and try to see if that's where... This act, if there's any feedback coming from the stomach itself. So did they have some idea that this vagus nerve was involved beforehand? Or was this like the discovery that they made? There was some thought that it was, but they take it a step deeper, both intellectually and physically. Oh, okay. So they ended up setting, so they set up their research in two stages. The first, like I was mentioning, is this functional imaging of mice during their activity. Essentially, they put mice inside of a cage. There are two water bottles. One was sugar-sweetened water. The other was artificially sweetened water. And they just, like, they measured the amount of licks on each water bottle for two days. And <laughs> I'm guessing the artificially sweetened one was not even touched. No, this is what's interesting, is that uh, they were actually equally consumed at first for the first 18 hours, and then it just goes all... Then it's, like basically all sugar and like the artificially sweetened one isn't touched at all after that. really yeah if that doesn't explain why it's hard to keep up a diet then i don't know what is <laughs> yeah you got about 18 hours of diet soda in you after that you need a coke <laughs> you need a coke yeah there's a great plot that shows it and you're like damn yeah these mice love sugar yeah and okay then so what they were doing is uh they're doing this functional imaging of the brain and they found that a specific region that responds solely to the sugar. So you imagine the rat goes, eats sugar. There's this huge amount of activation in a part of the brain. They go and they lick the artificially sweetened one. And there's like no activity in this region. Yeah. So there's a region that's specifically responding only to sugar. And it's the caudal nucleus of the solitary tract. The oh. CNST. Uh, you know, I had a feeling it would be that. You just, that gut feeling. Right? It's right. that gut feeling. <laughs> yes. Um, what's interesting about this part of the brain that I learned is that it's found in the brainstem and it's, uh, separate from where mice process taste. Oh, interesting. Okay. Do you know where they process taste? 
I'm not sure what region that is. Okay. But it's not the CNST. Okay. And so from my um, extensive neuroscience knowledge, things that happen in the brain stem, I mean, that to me, that sounds like it's very primal. Uh, like brain stem sounds like it's got a lot of control over your body and your function. Yeah. And it turns out that this is connected to uh, a signal that travels up from the vagus nerve that's oh. connected okay. to basically the top of your intestines right before right after your stomach okay so before we get to that part with the vagus nerve just to test this a little more with the functional imaging yeah the scientists engineered mice with a nervous system pathway that was silenced so that they could prevent the development of this preference for sugar okay wait sorry you kind of just casually dropped like they engineered mice like gene editing or this is beyond me like they talk about it and i'm just like okay I'd have to get a PhD and you're like, okay, bye. science. It's 2020. <laughs> they do these things now. Yeah. And, uh, all right. Cause that is kind of blowing my mind right now, but anyway, so they, they engineer these mice who don't have that nervous connection, the gut brain axis. So they engineered mice that did not have taste receptors basically. Oh, so this no is, taste. I mean, this is okay. and we talked about this previously, but just to like, I don't know if there's slight, something slightly different in the technique, but basically they had these mice do the exact same experiment, no taste receptor, and they still preferred sugar. Hmm. So, okay, they found the part of the brain that was responding just to sugar, not to sweetener, in the brainstem, closer to the brainstem. Then they had this interesting hypothesis where they said, okay, if there's sugar information being passed to the brain via the gut, you should be able to actively witness brain activity while stimulating the gut with sugar this gets pretty brutal from like a physical oh what idea. are they doing like injecting sugar into their stomach or something yeah they basically set up like a catheter to their stomach oh man to well so it's actually just after the stomach like i was saying the top of the small intestine okay. that takes out the fun part of eating the candy yeah it's like every well apparently there's so they did this and they still found brain activity in that region so really? they, they so probably don't even still need... felt well so that would suggest that even if you had sugar like directly delivered to the like after your stomach to your intestine you would still have some sort of like brain reward some wow. nervous system reward so you don't even need to eat it no like it doesn't matter whether it like goes through your mouth no oh my goodness man this is crazy yeah like what if you just took a pill that was full of sugar would you <laughs> feel the eating. same thing no i know but like oh like you a taste it? you know a capsule that's interesting. You used to swallow it and then it just releases into your stomach. Are you suddenly like, ooh, probably delicious? I'm sure, yeah. I can save my teeth and still get the same <laughs> joy. Dude, copyright that before you put this episode <laughs> okay. out. If you're listening, it's copyrighted. <laughs> and everyone talks about like, oh, the placebo effect. Like, oh, they just gave them a sugar pill. Dude, yeah. the sugar pill is probably racking their brains up to do sign some me, crazy stuff. Sign me up for another one of those. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> Give me a prescription. <laughs> Doc, I need intravenous <laughs> sugar right away. So this is only this is only like part of it. It gets even more intense. So Okay. Oh boy. So if you stimulate the gut with sugar, yes. You get still get the brain reward. So then they said, well, this reward should be abolished if you cut the nerve. Man, dude, you're right. This is getting brutal. And um, so they used cal. So I should have said this earlier, but the functional imaging they were using is calcium imaging. It lets you. It's a way to look at 
basically what neurons are firing. Hmm. Okay. And so they, yeah, when they transected the vagus nerve, they found that uh, this abolished the mice's preference for glucose, to quote the paper. They're, like it abolished their preference or they stopped seeing the signal in the functional imaging? So uh, experimentally in the cage, like the licks became equivalent between no sugar way. and artificial sweetener. They became robot mice. Wow. Wait. So they cut this nerve and they don't want the sugar water anymore. Yeah. And they then look. So that's like a very like that's a surgical way to reduce their appetite for sugar. So they also looked at a pharmaceutical method where they could basically like coat the inside of the intestine using a drug called fluorazin. And this blocks some of the receptors there. And this demonstrated a, again, a huge loss of appetite for glucose as well. Wow. So, I mean, I know that you you took great pains to say the caveat of this is done in mice. So yes. don't make assumptions about humans. But I mean, but doesn't this kind of suggest like, you know, the future diet pill is going to interrupt your vagus nerve? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, or I think it'd be really interesting to look at um, electrical stimulation of the area to see yeah. if that could affect appetite. Wow. You know, yeah. When you do electrical stimulation and brain computer interfaces, it's like if you're a hammer, you see everything as a nail. Yes, you do exactly. that. You're like, oh, why don't we just stimulate it with some electronic current? Yes, yeah, just jam some electrodes up in there. Yeah, uh, or or maybe you can like, like you know, train kids. Like now we're getting really brutal train and unethical. Kids. But like you know, you have them eat some broccoli and then you stimulate the vagus. You know, <laughs> like a, and you a form the connection. Like collar? you can re. Yeah, pretty much. Oh God, dude, we're, someone's gonna listen to this and. 10 years in a year and we're never going to get a job <laughs> yeah but i think you could say that about our previous 87 episodes true true i think they tune in episode one and they say "Ooh, spiders flying spider <laughs> <laughs> fellas don't drink that coffee <laughs> <laughs> no one's gonna get that but yeah that's okay um <laughs> yeah so that's all the science in the paper but Oh, that's it. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> this huge buildup and then it's just like, yep. And uh, mice love sugar. Wow. Big surprise. Yeah. Uh, no, but I mean, I mean, the amount of science in there actually is kind of blowing my mind. Like we had genetic engineering, we think, <laughs> of mice. <laughs> yes. Yes. There was genetic engineering. Uh, we had like nerve stimulation. We had pharmaceuticals. Surgical intervention. Surgical intervention. Uh, MRI, functional MRI. Or calcium imaging. Oh, sorry. Okay. Um, either way, brain imaging. Yep. Just let's not downplay that. Rodent experiments. Rodent experiments. Uh, lick counting. Lick counting. How do you count licks? Someone had to count those licks. Yeah. Very well paid intern, I'm sure. <laughs> yes. Uh, but no, seriously, like that's, I mean, this is extremely thorough and paints like this really cool picture that is that seems very um intuitively obvious now yes you know like this we've talked about this i think in like a recent episode i forget which one but you when you have the science that comes out and it's like very thorough and very clearly demonstrates like here's kind of a a simple explanation and tons of evidence to support it yeah you like know? we tried these methods these methods and all of these methods are like people's specialties 
Yes. And it, it becomes very clear, actually, when you look at the associations of the authors and you're like, there are biochemists, biophysicists, biologists, neuroscientists, maybe a surgeon. Like, wow. I don't, I don't actually know that. There's someone who's associated with the Vagalos College of Physicians and Surgeons. Oh, okay. So, but like huge skill sets, this is all really hard to do. And like, this is why like these nature papers are so much fun to read because you're like, dang, this is dense science. Oh, yeah. Like how many pages was this paper? The paper itself, like not talking about supplements, is like six pages. Yeah. And that represents like years of research and probably like hundreds of pages of conference papers, you know, probably two dissertations. Like, oh, yeah. It's wild. Then they cite some of their previous work, you know, that's from like 2008 or things like that. So you're like, this is years, decades in the making. Yeah. So, yeah, really interesting read. And, I like I don't think since I've read this I can't eat sugar in the same way I, I still eat it and this I still eat it I don't think about while I'm now you just take the pill I just <laughs> now that you know the taste doesn't matter yeah hi I'm James <laughs> have you ever tried that, that's why I started taking placebus <laughs> placebus it's the only sugar pill that still gives me those great sugar fixes that I need side effects include an activated vagus nerve <laughs> If you experience uh, mice-like tendency tendencies, yeah. If you find yourself licking the sugar water bottle far too often over a forty-eight hour period, please contact your doctor. Yes. Yeah. Uh, well, that was really cool. You were right that it's definitely going to change the way that I think about my sugar intake. It's interesting from like a you know let's take let's take a huge step back mm-hmm. like and talk about whether humans have free will oh god (laughs) oh my god we don't have to talk about it in depth how long is this episode gonna be (laughs) hey everybody welcome to the five hour marathon episode of paper boys where we welcome to philosophy boys philosophy boys um but you're like dude maybe maybe everything that i do now is just driven by my gut your vagus nerve dude okay we had this conversation recently talking about yeah how we're basically just a collection of like chemical reactions and isn't that pretty freaky yeah we are only on this planet to eat sugar that yeah like pretty much life would be so much easier if we just accepted that yeah i guess and embrace it and be like or a lot worse like i'm james rosenthal and i'm excited to stand here before you as i earn my phd in eating a lot of sugar (laughs) yeah i mean i'm definitely minoring in that already But no, but what you said about how like maybe it's just your gut. I mean, I've said this anecdote too many times, but like I I saw that talk by some guy who does like this microbiome research and he said that 97% of the like DNA makeup in your body, like physically within your body is bacteria. Yeah. Like only 3% of all the DNA contained physically within the bounds of your skin is your own. So you imagine like, You've got this insanely diverse, like, population of bacteria that lives in your stomach. Yes. They probably are dictating much of what you do. Especially if you adopt that view of evolution, like, on the genetic level, like, individual genes competing to be expressed and have their genes passed on, then you're like, who's who's really making the decisions? Who's calling the shots here? Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. It's our sugar daddy. Sugar daddy. Oh, (laughs) shit man uh, anyway no i think we i think we should wrap this up now 
Yeah. I've made too many like bad jokes this episode. We gotta do like one of those like sugar, sugar, oh yeah. Can we do that as like the intro transition? As our intro music? I mean, I think we might get removed from iTunes if we do that, but <laughs> shit. Okay. But now, I mean, you sang it well enough. Yeah. The Archies. The Archies. Yeah. Well, we'll give them the shout out at least. Yeah. How old do you think people think we are now? Probably like 45. At least. Yeah. We're uh, not that old. Anyway. So that was a very cool paper. Uh, if you want to check out the paper and the NPR article and the Science Daily article, go to our website, paperboyspodcast.com. You can also find links to those on our Twitter and Instagram at paperboyspod is our handle. And uh, lastly, we would very much appreciate it if you checked out our Patreon at patreon.com slash paperboyspod. We do bonus episodes every month. For just pie dollars a month, you get those bonus episodes. This month, we have an exciting episode too, also to honor the 50th anniversary of Apollo 13, really to honor the memory of Tom Hanks's role in the movie Apollo 13. Mm, yes. No, but because it's such an interesting mission because it failed to get to the moon, but it begs the question, did Apollo 13 actually achieve any uh, renowned science? So we're going to explore that and the mission itself a little bit, talk about that. So check it out. If you want to hear a flavor of what our bonus episodes sound like too, you can check out episode 88 where we released one of our bonus episodes for the public aka last week <laughs> aka last week people are going to flip through like counting up to 88 <laughs> only yeah. to realize it's the most recent episode <laughs> yeah check out last week's episode yeah yeah last week we published one of our bonus episodes about the stanford prison experiment which was a crazy wild ride of an episode yeah um, so yeah listen to that for a good preview of what the bonus episodes are like again it's only pi dollars a month you get one of those every month uh and for may fair warning we're going to release a couple days late because we want to wait for the governor's orders to be lifted, which I think is happening on May f- 6th. 4th or 5th or 6th? Yeah. Anyway, so it'll probably be a week or two into May because we want to be able to record together. James and I just miss each other so much. We want to get some uh, <laughs> some in-person video recording for this for this bonus episode. So The flow is just so much better. It it's is. for everybody. Well, thanks so much for listening. Please join us again next week for another exciting edition of Paper Boys. Thanks for listening.